Welcome to After the Week with Denise Salcedo and Will Washington. Uh, it is Sunday, December 11th. The show is brought to you by Smack Talk Showdown. Uh, man, what a freaking weekend of wrestling, Will. I got to say this week has been absolutely uh, kind of nuts. And here we are to kind of talk about it. There's so much to discuss. And you're giving me those eyes, the eyes. <laughs> what are the eyes, Will? <laughs> We just got to not address the elephant in the room, Miss. I don't know. What uh, you're kickoff about. show, Miss. Got to host the kickoff show on Peacock, the NXT Deadline kickoff show. Denise Salcedo. What up? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm gonna tell you, it's so funny because yesterday, you know, obviously the hair and makeup department made me look like a goddess, right? They were, I, they worked wonders on me. I was like, please move into my house and do this to me every day, right? <laughs> and right now, what you're seeing is, um, I had, I got, I got back to my house around 10 in the morning, so it's 12 now. So I had two hours to kind of like, I ate a burrito because I haven't had a burrito in forever because you know I was dieting for this, and so <laughs> I had a bomb ass burrito. I was like, oh. <laughs> And then I finally washed my face, put some quick makeup on, and I was like, you guys are not gonna get the same NXT Denise, but you know what? This is this is Denise's hair and makeup department right here. The homemade version. But it was a good time, Will. It was a good time. It was a good time. Right. I first off, really proud of you. I uh you could see me biting my lip last week as you were like, Well, we have to be on a different time next week. Uh but I'm like you're not scooping me and, and sharing my scoop. I will tell you, uh, I said this on Twitter, but I had uh, my whole congratulatory post about it in my drafts already. And I was like, I accidentally almost hit tweet. And I was like, nope, save to drafts. Don't do that. Like, I almost blew it for you. <laughs> okay, well, don't feel bad because you know what I did? I literally almost blew it for myself. So a couple days before Tuesday, because I knew the announcement was going to be made on NXT that day, mm -hmm. and I posted a selfie and I was like, cheese, right? Well, down here, I keep my calendar. And so when I had like this, <laughs> If you zoom in, it literally said WWE NXT appearance, Orlando, Florida <laughs> on my calendar. And so that picture was up for three minutes and I looked at it and I'm like, oh my God. So I had to like delete it and then crop it out and then repost it again. And thankfully no one picked up on it, but I almost spoiled it myself. So, so I don't great. feel, so don't feel too bad. Don't yeah, feel too well, bad. Either way, like I said, really proud of you. It was uh, a hoot to watch. I had two screens going up at once. Uh, I had the NXT uh, kickoff show on one. I had the AEW media scrum on the other, or Ring of Honor. Uh, so I'm like trying to watch both and like keep my ears open for both because I'm like something important is going to be said here. But at the same time, somebody said, uh, I don't want to steal this joke. It was Trevor Dame who said it, who was like, I think Tony Khan is like filibustering the. Uh, ring of honor or not of nxt because he is just like talking and talking and talking and making sure everybody's getting their questions answered and um i'm like okay I'm like trying to turn the, my attention how long did the media call last uh it went i want to say almost right to the start of deadline like an hour it, yeah it, it went the hour you know everybody got to answer their questions and get their questions in and he made sure everybody got to talk and all of that. It was weird not being there because uh, I've been at most of those this year. I think that's only the second one I've missed out of uh, what, out of eight, 
I went to six, so not bad. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it was weird not being there for it. And I almost like want to chime in and ask my question, but it was cool. Uh, <laughs> it, it was fun though. But yeah, getting to watch you do your thing. I, I told you yesterday, but I'm going to give you uh, the same feedback in, a, in saying that I felt like you belonged. And that was, I think, the that's really the best compliment I can give on that because you didn't feel out of place there. You felt like you belonged in that spot and i thought you did a great job thank you will thank you i appreciate it i was very i was i wasn't nervous i was more so just thinking like don't fuck this up denise like you cannot fuck this up like you have people watching that are going to be criticizing you if you fuck up your family's watching you don't want to embarrass them so just like do your best and it's funny because i had like mental notes inside my head i was like okay make sure to like look alive look present you know uh don't mess up your words you know that sort of thing and everybody just kept telling me everyone gave me the same advice over and over they were like like, just be yourself, be yourself. And I'm like, oh my God, who is myself? Like, who am I? Who is this person, right? And it's like the moment me, you start having the existential crisis. Yes. They were like, oh, just be Denise who you are in your podcast. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to be that Denise. <laughs> I was like, I mean, my podcast, I, I, I'm cursing like a sailor. I was like, there's no way that I can be that. And it can be yourself, but don't be yourself too much was what I was telling my own self. Yeah. Like, just Anyways. be a clean version of yourself. But no, like yeah, I said, I'm really go. proud clean of you and version. I thought it was really cool. Thank so. you, Will. Thank you. I'm glad I had a good time. I have a million stories I'll tell you uh, off air for fun. Yes, <laughs> please. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, let's get into after the week because on this show, we recap, you know, three of the best and uh, one worst of the week. Oh, shit. I just realized I forgot to pick my worst as I'm sitting here. Okay. Holy damn. I'm sorry. I completely forgot to pick my worst and I'm here talking about this show. I was so because there was a lot of good stuff on wrestling this week, Will. Uh -huh. There was so much. And so I got all my best and I was like, all right, I'm good to go. But I forgot to think of my worst. So I'll have to think about uh something throughout the night. I'll do my worst first, so that way you uh, have some time to, to, to gather your thoughts. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> we'll see if it's something you agree with. Okay, okay. Well, anyways, on this show, we do pick the three best and the one worst, and uh, we talk about it here on the show. We recap basically what we saw throughout the week. It's a lot of fun. Uh, people sh send in their thoughts and everything. Uh, please, guys, throughout the show, it really, really helps us a whole lot if you do send in Super Chats. Super Chats not only get our your questions, your comments, your statements read on this stream, but they help support us, and they help me uh, pay Will to be on this show, or else I cannot afford Will, okay? Will is like Mariah Carey. He's a diva just kidding not a diva whatsoever i'm the diva here <laughs> there you go um but now i'm just it's a brand kidding. new shirt by the way i literally just took it out of the packaging for Bro, this show come on can we be okay. more if okay. we be more on brand we hold are on, on, on brand hold today on. hold on hold on it gets worse it's the same thing under here <laughs> So it's like the sweater, the t-shirt, everything. Um, anyways, but seriously, guys, they do help support the show a whole lot and get me um, get me to pay well. Um, we actually have our first super chat of the day, and this is from Matthew Makovsky, who says, it won't let me send a $5 super chat what to do. That's weird. YouTube, what is going on? Uh, thank you so much, regardless, Matthew Makovsky, for the very nice uh, super chat. Um, we do have a super chat here from Juan Ortiz, who says, now that Denise appeared on NXT, what does that mean that Step Post is canon to the WWE universe? I don't know. Wait, what? I mean, she's already been canon to the WWE universe because first off. I'm a little um, slow this morning, by the way. So 
Denise Salcedo. If you haven't seen one of the the greatest moments in Denise history, I need oh, you guys to go about. watch the um, watch along to Hell in a Cell 2019. And that is a moment in history. <laughs> the official WWE watch along. It's My great official stuff. WWE debut, by the way. Uh huh. It's great stuff. Um, but the thing is, Denise was uh, you were a part of um, the the show last year, uh, except you were home. But yeah, you got to be games. a part of war the games, kickoff yeah. show. Uh, yeah, it was War Games last year. This um, is my but fifth appearance. Yeah. Yeah. So she's been canon for a long time. What does WWE. That mean? She's main canon. roster canon. I don't know what that means. Canon. Ah, okay. That's well, why it's... I didn't get this question. I'm like, what? What does canon mean? Okay, so important terminology, particularly among geeks. The official definition <laughs> of canon. Uh, and let, let's pull up an official definition of canon. It is a general law, rule, or principle, or criterion in which uh, by which something is judged. And um, though I'm not really going to accept that as much as a, a collection or list of Ah, damn it, that's not even right either. How would Let's you find a definition it? that fits it's your here. own words. Okay, basically, it is something that is accepted as part of the universe or lore. So, for example, um, it, it's so the, the, we use the term a lot in wrestling when talking about whether or not something is acknowledged. So, you are now officially acknowledged in the WWE universe. Um, uh, when I see what you mean. I guess a good example of like something not being canon is when um, somebody debuts in the WWE universe uh, on WWE television. They don't acknowledge anything that they've done before. You can say that's not canon to WWE TV. Um, ah, I see. And so in this okay. case, uh, you are WWE canon officially. You exist in the WWE universe. Is that a good universe. thing or a bad it's a good thing sure okay. you you exist in this sure. universe when i read this super chat i'm like oh is that an insult is that not <laughs> no i was like what's going on here i don't really know <laughs> ah a good example being brought up in the chat from smackdown this week okay. jason jordan as kurt angle's son because jason jordan as kurt angle's son is wwe canon they didn't forget about that canon it is a part of the lore it does exist uh and so but if jason jordan went elsewhere and they decided, no, that's not canon here. That doesn't matter. Jason Jordan is not the son of Kurt Angle. I did appreciate that, by the way. It's yeah, not I on my never list. never used the say, never <laughs> used the word. I don't know. It's just, I guess, not in my, it wasn't in my vocabulary. My bad. Well, there you go. Well, and Denise also, Salcedo learns canon. Thank you. Thank it is you. now Denise. canon to Denise Salcedo that she knows canon. Okay, stop. This is, <laughs> this is throwing me off completely. <laughs> now, keep in mind, like, I only joined, like, uh, you know, Obviously, you know, I've been a fan forever, but I wasn't part of the online community since like until I started podcasting. Like, I'm very new to like going online and talking to people about wrestling. Like, I didn't really do that before, you know? I know oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, that doesn't happen very often. Hey, Everyone's like embedded into something. I didn't really I know. do that. I was a Look. part of a couple <laughs> message boards, but it was like I would maybe go once a year and comment, and then that was it. Like, once a year. Okay. This shit has been my life since I was 13 years old. So uh, it is it is a huge contrast. And I'm five years older than you, too. So it's just been that much longer that I have been. I didn't, like, I was, okay, obviously I was, you know, watching. But I didn't know there was a wrestling community, like, online. Because I remember my uncle would tell me things like, oh, I bet you this is going to happen, right? And I'd be like, wow, he's so smart. How does he know this? <laughs> I had no idea that he was reading spoilers. <laughs> you know, spoilers were a thing. <laughs> 
I was like, wow, he's so smart. When am I going to get to that level where I can predict every single little thing that's going to happen on the show? See, like, and, to like, the and see, I'm just no stranger to any of this. I will tell you guys that uh, the first message board I ever joined was the IGN Wrestling General Board. It was actually the WWF board when it launched. Uh, and I joined that at the end of 2000. And it was just because I was looking for a place to just like discuss who we thought ran down Stone Cold Steve Austin in 2000. And I wanted a place to talk about it online. I found that board and we were all talking about it and giving out our theories. And I'm like, I know it's Billy Gunn. It turned out to be Rikishi. Uh, but at that point, that was what led me into making online friends uh, because the first podcast I started, RBR, was with three other guys I met on that message board when I launched that show in 05. And uh, from then on, I made friends through the DDT and various other places and then Twitter. But this whole idea of... You don't want make... to hear where I started talking about wrestling with people on MySpace? <laughs> I know. I, I, I 2008. <laughs> I do know that because I, I have heard yeah. that story, but uh, it's look, uh, it's been, it, it, and it's funny because I wouldn't know Denise without that entire yeah. idea of making online friends and developing that rapport. Andrew Zarian brought up to me the other day, though, uh, we he and I were talking, and he mentioned how the pandemic really, uh, I guess. Tight, tighten those binds, though. Like, the way that wrestling media was so fragmented before the pandemic. And then in 2020, everybody kind of became way more acclimated with each other. And now we kind of have this, like, tight net between all these people who just all know each other through wrestling media. And it's all really cool. And the it pandemic is. really helped do that. I think so, too. Matthew Mikowski sends in a super chat saying, it won't let me send five, but I'm feeling generous. So I'll send 10. Could you guys see a situation where Sasha isn't the partner, but it's Kyrie, and then Sasha comes out after the match? Uh, thoughts on this? There's been a lot of rumors and speculations going around about Sasha Banks, obviously reported uh, by, by, by PW Insider that she's going to be at um, uh, Wrestle Kingdom 17. That was huge. It hasn't been confirmed that if you know exactly what she's doing. I just heard it's going to be an appearance. Um, Obviously, there's rumors or speculation amongst fans and whatnot that she could also be uh, Soraya's partner. Uh, what's your thoughts on all of this, Will? So, uh, you know, there's the running shtick with me that has been going throughout Grapsity. It's made it onto this show, all these things. People keep asking me, what is my Sasha Banks percentage? Because originally it just started as a thing where I'm like, 90%. You are way off on Survivor Series, by the way. I know, I, I, I know. You out on that I, said, I said a month ago that I was like, 90% sure she's going to WWE, like 2% AEW. And on Thursday, I tweeted just the word 60% with no other context. And they were like, what does this mean? And that 60% is where I am on her going to AEW. I will say uh, I, got, I woke up to five tweets this morning asking me my new percentage. I can't believe this is a thing now. <laughs> my new percentage on Sasha Banks to AEW currently, I am at about 73% certain. Ooh, I will say I've 73? done... 73? Like, it's have, interesting because it's not just 70 and it's not 75, it's 73. 73. 73% sure. Uh, and the reason I say that is because I've done a lot of digging this week. A lot of digging. And I will say, it's not so much that I've turned up with anything, but I will say that 
in this particular case, and I'm going to be very careful about my words here, in this particular case, certain people, if it weren't the case, would have denied it by now. No one's confirming anything at all. I have gotten zero confirmation. But in a case like this, where it's enough of a rumor that should be shut down by now, because it's one that could potentially cause some damage if it's not true, I am not getting a shutdown the way I think I would. Dave Meltzer reported yesterday, shout out Dave Meltzer, that he has confirmed in asking around at New Japan that it was not an appearance booked through WWE. It is an independent um, booking, which is should be a massive tell. That is, that's a lot of evidence over the fact that, okay, so everybody knows you book WWE talent, you do it through WWE. The fact that this appearance is not booked through WWE says that uh, she is likely in January not to be under a WWE contract. Combine that with the fact that a match was announced on Wednesday for January 11th. That's literally a month from today. In Los Angeles. In Los Angeles. And combine that with the fact that, look, Tony Khan is, has been very good over the last three years, three, four years of AEW with long-term booking. But announcements tend to come way later. Like, you know, think about the announcement of the main event, or not main event, but the tag title match uh, at Final Battle. We literally got that Wednesday. AEW and Tony Khan tend to do a lot of last-minute announcements for a lot of things. And the fact that a month out, with a month to go, they're like, hey, we've got this tag match coming up. Soraya's got a mystery partner. And that's usually something you would do, I feel like, if you wanted people speculating and you wanted to generate those ticket sales feels very similar to me to the first dance with the uh debut of cm punk and AEW. i think there's smoke to this fire i just don't know what it is but so i think that within you mentioned you know obviously cm punk and rampage when they did the first dance they basically told us without directly telling us so i think maybe in the next couple of weeks maybe as viewers we should be paying extra extra close attention to maybe some subliminal messaging that we might see and here's the thing like i remember when we you and i were talking about whether or not sasha banks was going to appear on war games my gut was just like no it's not going to happen i don't know why i just didn't really feel it you're right when i heard this announcement obviously when we're watching dynamite that soraya needed a partner my first thought was oh my god could it be sasha banks but (laughs) then i thought no and i remember running this down on my show saying like look she did pop into my head do not get your hopes up but she did definitely like pop into like you know you know maybe and the story makes sense obviously with her history with soraya and everything that happened there you know and just making it kind of like full circle and even soraya has been like talking about her on on you know these interviews because of her recently coming back to the ring and whatnot. And I remember thinking, okay, well, my three options for this, I had three options. One, the realistic one being Tony Storm, uh, the other one being, you know, possibly Thunder Rosa. And the one that I considered more far-fetched was uh, Sasha Banks. But then as more started coming out, I'm like, shit, you know what? There's more, to, there's more there. So what I'm, ch- I don't know what my percentage is. Will I don't have a percentage here, but I feel it more that there's a possibility that she could be that mystery partner in LA than how I felt about her being the mystery person in war games. Okay. Yeah. If you're at 73, how about this? I'm at at 74. 
Oh, okay. So you're more you're more certain than me, but yeah, I, I by what like percent? A, I, I do feel like there is something to this. I think she's, um, I, I, I don't know. I, my main thought here, because I see people going, well, you know, January's still a month off and you know, January's when the Royal Rumble is. But again, WWE holds all the cards. They hold her, uh, whether it's her contract or non-compete, whatever that is, WWE could bring her back yesterday. Uh, they're not under any time restriction with her. So if, if that's where she were headed to, I feel like War Games was the time to do it, and they didn't because that was her hometown. She was literally in that arena four days later when she posted the video, or the Celtics posted the video of her in the crowd at uh, at that exact arena, the same arena that, uh, and I feel like that was a little bit of a wink at us, telling us like, "Hey, I am here." I am in Boston. Else. <laughs> yeah, just not at War Games. And, you know, WWE turning down the We Want Sasha chance, uh, muting the crowd when they were doing that tells me that, okay, they don't want Sasha on people's minds. And I do think that there is something to all of this. And uh, I just, I don't know what it's about to be. All right. Well, how about this? This is going to be the rule from now on. Whatever your percentage is at, mine's always going to be 1% more. So if you're Fine. at like 80 <laughs> next week, I'm going to be at 81. That's okay. where I'm going. <laughs> That's the plan. Reggie Simmons sends in some very generous super chat saying, big time Salcedo in the house. Don't forget about us, small people. Hello. Congrats on your present and future success. Uh, thank you so much, Reggie, for the continuous and constant support that you have been sending. Um, I have truly been like blown the hell away by everybody's comments. And it's just been like, ah. You know, thank you so much, Reggie. Dan V900 sends in a super chat saying the worst part of yesterday had to be the media scrum. No Q follow up on the non TV deal. Just one legit question. And people need to stop asking how the win feels. It makes the wrestling media look amateur. So I wasn't on the call with Tony Khan yesterday. So, uh, Will, can you run this down a little bit in terms of what happened? Okay. So, um, Tony, of course, he told us from the very beginning. Uh, he told everybody as soon as he sat down, he's going to address where you can watch Ring of Honor. So at that point, um, I recognize why people weren't asking that question because he said it. He said as soon as he's done with the wrestlers, he said, let's get through talking with all of the talent, and then afterwards I will address Ring of Honor television. And so uh, that, of course, you know, we get – Athena was first, and yeah, people are going to ask her. I don't think it makes anybody look amateur because that's it's an important question. It was Athena's hometown, and she won the world title in her hometown. Big Pop, her parents were in the crowd. Of course, you're going to ask her how that feels. That's, some, I, that's something that, as somebody who creates wrestling media, I would want to know what those emotions were like. I understand that fully. Um, I will say... I thought it was funny that Samoa Joe sat down and what did he say? He said, I will only be answering to your majesty or your highness. <laughs> and literally everybody did go, your highness. <laughs> shut up. Shut up. That happened? Oh, yes, my God. I'm kind of glad I wasn't there because that would feel weird. Your highness? <laughs> or your, wait, what would you call it? Wait, is a man your highness or he's your highness, it, right? Yeah. Either one okay. would have worked. Yeah. Wait, your so, majesty? Isn't that for women? No. Your majesty would work for, for either or? Either one works. Oh, it's all the same. Your Majesty, it's, I would feel yeah. too awkward. <laughs> and uh, but then, yeah, Tony did, of course, address the situation with Ring of Honor Television, and he straight up said that it is going to be on um, Honor Club. That, of course, uh, 
there was no necessary uh, there wasn't necessarily any pushback from that uh, as far as questions on that are, are concerned and i think i get what people are saying there that why weren't any follow-up questions asked on that well because um, there's no official start like they, they put it out there already but there's no official start date is there for the weekly tv shows yet is no there? he said january uh january. Is, he said january like i feel like he took a really long time to get to that point and uh, he he very much laid the the foundation on um what the deal is about to be and because he, he started talking about the most important relationship he has is his re uh, relationship with warner brothers discovery and he says his most important relationship he possibly could uh that he has in professional wrestling and i know he was saying that to say that he did not shop this show anywhere else i think that was the point he was trying to get across was that because i see a lot of people going well you know why didn't you go to, to paramount plus why didn't you take it here why didn't you take it here um and why are you going with honor club and i it, his point there was to say my most important relationship is warner brothers discovery i'm doing nothing to piss them off so as far as we're concerned if they did different from the wwe side because you see them you know kind of shopping there's a little bit of everything going someplace else right, right? Yes, and it seems like his his whole goal was to say that no matter what, I want this relationship between AEW and Ring uh, and uh, Warner Brothers Discovery to be my primary focus. And so, therefore, if Ring of Honor isn't being picked up by Warner Brothers Discovery in any regard, we're going to run this ourselves. Um, and so he he said a lot of that, and then he talked about the fact that the pay per views will still remain with Warner Brothers Discovery, which means through the Bleacher Report app. But ultimately, it is going to be. Um, weekly television on honor club and it's going to be 9.99 a lot of people are seeing that. that do you think that people see that as a step down in terms of what they were expecting i think a lot of people are seeing that as a loss because of the fact that uh it's not television right it's it's a streaming service and it's something that has to be paid for and it's something that has to be paid for directly it's not a bigger part of anything else yes you do get that big big back library of ring of honor content of ring of honor content and uh but ultimately 9.99 is a big ask for one and are they brand playing the pay-per-views on there too so i'm okay see that's that that was that was the point he was making there was he did say that the pay-per-views warner brothers discovery is happy with those and they would like to keep those so those will stay with bleacher report um, you see that i don't know if that really gives a lot of people do you think it gives them a really incentive i mean i feel like if you were probably already subscribe to honor club then you know you're like okay yeah i'm gonna go back and resubscribe to honor club but i'm wondering how much interest is there for people that weren't previously subscribed to honor club because you got to think like there's still only uh how many like x what three shows now or four yeah, i'm losing I, track of how many you know ring of honor aw shows we have I so mean, ring of the, honor under tony khan the way i look at it is it is going to be the biggest audience that honor clubs ever had because at the end of the day the all of these pay-per-views everything ring of honor is doing there it's all ring of honor's record numbers because um all the pay-per-views everything that they've done it's all done better under aew than ring of honor's ever done so i think it is still going to be the biggest numbers honor club has seen um i think one of the things people have to take a step back and recognize is that what happened with aew dynamite is in hindsight, really, really unprecedented. And what I mean by that is that Dynamite got picked up by a major, major TV network, like top five TV network on cable, sight unseen. Um, there was no product, and it got itself a major weekly television show. 
Um, and that's not something that's really ever been done before. You know, the, uh, a lot of misconceptions about WCW is a lot of people think it just like started with Nitro. That's not the case. WCW Saturday Night was a 20-year-old product. I watched that stuff as a kid. Um, they, it was already a well-established product with audiences prior to the start of Nitro. Monday Night Raw was a well-established product. SmackDown ran a pilot. Um, there was a lot of stuff that people already knew about those products, whereas Dynamite kind of just got its launch and as a weekly television product. We don't know what a weekly television show, um, a weekly Ring of Honor TV show actually looks like. And I think the fact is that Ring of Honor on its own is a is a old, somewhat damaged TV brand that I think Tony has to do a little bit of rehabbing of in producing a weekly show before I think anybody's willing to pick it up. And I think he was hoping that maybe giving it a life on AEW TV would show TV businesses. But it didn't, uh, though, because it, fans didn't want to see it. Yeah, and so I think he needs to show kind of just what the show is going to be and kind of take it on the chin a little bit, producing it on its own, um, asking a little bit of the AEW base and the Ring of Honor base to pay for it, and hopefully enough goodwill and enough uh, enough of a library to then shop this show and say, well, this is what we've been producing is enough to then build it up. Yeah, agreed, agreed. All right, we got a super chat here from infamous Raider Loco. Says, congrats, Denise, you did great last night on Deadline. Crossing fingers for more in the future. BTW, this podcast has been amazing. Keep it up, guys. Thank you so much. Seriously, for We the haven't love even gotten into our list yet. The core know, of the show, I there's know. so much to talk about. Uh, Aiden Kostick sends in a super chat saying, took my little bro to his first ever wrestling show yesterday. Ring of Honor, needless to say, he's hooked now. Ocho, that's the way you go, man. If you want to keep the wrestling business alive so, bring in them kids man bring them kids in you missed the osho thing from last night and uh it was fun um shout out to the arlington fans on ocho but essentially every single time uh during the main event whenever there was a count and they got to eight the crowd went ocho instead of Sweet. Uh, yeah, it was so great. They're during Claudio's swing, when they were throwing punches, the ref was down. At every point when they got to eight, it was seven, ocho, nine, I ten. Love it. it was great. You see the whole crowd stand up and all go ocho. <gasps> oh, it was actually awesome. really great. Uh, Mr. CJ Lilly sends in a super chat saying, hey, guys, I've got to say, all the fuss over Isla Dawn yesterday, why does people want wrestling to be more realistic like mma it's not a sport and the supernatural and supermarket brawls are equal to the million bangers every week i feel like this is an argument we've had with uh bray wyatt uh, -huh. uh you know it's so many different people where it's for some people and it's not for others i know your stance on this will because when oh, yeah. you mentioned your opinions on bray wyatt and it was one <laughs> people of the came at me. <laughs> and yes. there was so much hate directed towards uh -huh. you for this so i know that you're obviously not a fan of the supernatural stuff and i'm not either I'm really not either, but I, but I recognize that there's got to be different things on the show to suit different people. Like we're not all going to like the same thing. Right. I just say, keep it consistent. That's all I care about with supernatural stuff. I'm like, look, if you can make somebody like just cough up stuff out of their mouth, just do that to your opponent and pin them. Like, why aren't you doing that all the time? Like if you have the ability to shoot lightning out of your fingers, <laughs> then just like, Zap your opponents. Why even wrestle them? If you have the ability to teleport, how have you ever been pinned before? It should be one, two, and then lights go out and you're gone. Like, uh, that's the thing is it's not consistent enough for me to like that kind of stuff. That's my only issue with it. 
DJ Zombie G sends in a super chat saying being canon is like a side story character. That's not a part of the main story. I wouldn't say that's true. Anything is canon. Uh, it's just a matter of if it exists in the same universe. That's all. It okay. doesn't. Ha- it can be anything. Okay. Um, all right. Let me catch up with everybody here. We got a super chat here from Bob, Bob, sorry, Bob Iger, who says, Denise, didn't you pick Waller to win the men's iron survivor challenge? You picked Hayes on the pre-show. Uh, what changed your mind? I changed my mind. I went with Carmelo. No, actually. Yeah. I remember on the NXT pre-show on my post-show, I was arguing between Grayson Waller and Carmelo Hayes and I picked Grayson Waller and I took it back afterwards. And I was, I would have gotten a clean sleep. Well, all my predictions were correct, except for the Grayson Waller one. And I changed that one last minute, okay? I was so pissed at myself. I also changed the New Day Pretty Deadly one. I was going with Pretty Deadly originally, and I switched it to the New Day, so that one ended up working out. But I, I yeah, I kind of, I kind of, uh, yeah, anyways, the whole thing. I don't um, think that's really Bob Iger, by the way, Bob Iger. <laughs> uh, CEO you, Bob. of Disney. I don't think so. <laughs> Hey, you never know. Can we get a Disney show? Bob I mean, look, if it, if it is Bob Iger, please, like. Bro, I've been practicing. I could use some Hi. work. Will, Will, I got it. I got it. I need to see your, your audition here. This is our audition. Ready? Hi, it's Denise, and you're watching the Disney channel. <laughs> That's what I was going to do, Tim. No, Will, it's your turn. This All is right. your audition, man. All right, ready? I'm Will Washington, and you're watching Disney Channel. <laughs> da, 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 da. You changed your voice. Hi, I'm Will Washington. Yeah, you have to act like you're talking to preschoolers. I love it. Uh, Taylor Cannon sends in a super chat saying, big congratulations on doing the pre-show yesterday. Denise, it was awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Uh, I'm sounding like a broken record, but really, I'm really happy. Sheldon Jackson sends in a super chat saying, congrats, Denise. It was amazing seeing you on the kickoff show. Now, hopefully, you'll get more kickoff show appearances from beginning to end. Well, I... I did get some really great feedback from Shawn Michaels himself, which was kind of nuts. You know, I, I, I was just like, ah, like, I don't know, mind blown type of thing. And based on just like a really quick conversation that we had, I think there's going to be uh, at least another future opportunity for sure. Uh, so thank you to Sheldon Jackson for this uh, super chat. Um, okay, and we are officially caught up. Let's get into this dang show in our format here. Uh, Will, what was your third best of the week? All right, my third best pick of the week actually uh, was one I was not expecting to enjoy as much as I did. But guys, let me tell y'all that the TNT Championship match this week between Darby Allen and Samoa Joe was a blast to watch. Um, Samoa Joe... I have felt for years, a lot longer than I'd be willing to admit, but for years I have felt that Samoa Joe has been missing something. Something hasn't necessarily felt like the Samoa Joe that uh, I really like fell in love with 20 years ago that I gave Wrestler of the Year 2005. Um, and especially in his main roster run, I thought that Samoa Joe couldn't quite find it where from the moment he was called up at the beginning of 2017 and granted he had a number of injuries and all of that but it just never felt like Samoa Joe was truly Samoa Joe maybe we got some traces of it in the Brock Lesnar feud but I just couldn't feel it this was the most Samoa Joe I have felt 
Samoa Joe be in a long time. And a lot of it had to do with Darby being the most Darby he could be. He was bumping his ass off for this guy and it, giving you those cringe Darby moments where you're like, oh my God, just live through this, please. <laughs> um, and like, don't actually be dead. Uh, but Don't be dead. Uh, yeah. That's a quote from that movie when it's, don't be dead. There's a quote where someone goes, don't be dead. Don't be dead. Who is it? Oh my God, there's a movie. Okay, continue on. Somebody else will figure it out in the chat. Uh, well, either way, I just, I was all in on this uh, from, I mean, going into the commercial break, it seemed like every single time Darby had a little bit of a hope spot, Samoa Joe just shut this man down. Um, and it was beautiful stuff. Once Darby finally uh, starts to make his comeback, um, he has one of the best comebacks in professional wrestling. Oh, yeah, Goonies. Okay, Goonies, thank you. About. And she says, thank don't you. be dead. All right, yes. Um, <laughs> I remember uh, now. I remember now. Okay. So, again, Darby just getting the shit kicked out of him. And then once he starts making that comeback, for a moment there, I started to convince myself. I'm like, yeah, Darby should be TNT champ again. He had a good reign. And, uh, and you know, Samoa Joe goes for the muscle buster. Darby bites him, gets Samoa Joe down, has, has Samoa Joe on the ground, and I'm like, let's do it. Let, coffin drop, one, two, three, let's see it. He hits the coffin drop and gets caught in the Kakina clutch. Samoa Joe makes Darby pass out. And Darby, again, doesn't just immediately go out. It's one of those, um, starts to reach for the ropes. He, he has as much hope as he's going to hope, or as he can hope for. And finally, he passes out. Samoa Joe retains. But then Darby gets back up and starts motioning, come on, I want some more. Samoa Joe gives him a muscle buster on his skateboard and then chokes him out some more. And all I could think from this was, God, give me this match 10 more times. I want to see this again. I want to see Darby continue to go at it with Samoa Joe. This was one of my favorite things this week. I got to see Samoa Joe feel like peak Samoa Joe, and I got to feel see Darby feel like peak Darby. This was only a 10-minute match. One of my favorite things this week. I love this. This match was an example of why people chant, Joe's going to kill you, you know? Yes. Come on. This is exactly, and I agree with you, because this ended up being my favorite match of Dynamite. And uh, I was going to put it in my top three, but I didn't for a specific reason, and I'll, I'll, I'll address it later. But I'm so glad that you mentioned it, because it hurt me not to put it on this list, because I freaking love it and it was there was so much that happened in here where uh you know obviously i think you nailed it when you said this was samoa joe being samoa joe and darby allen being darby allen because there were so many bumps that he was taking that were absolutely brutal like i i swear i'm like he's dead that's it samoa joe killed this man we just saw a man be killed and the funny part of this will which i was dying was when wardlow came out i'm like bro why are you out here he already killed him darby's <laughs> already like done and out like the kid's gone right um so i did think that was funny but it was just really cool to see how they did that um you know i there was just a lot that i really enjoyed i just wanted to continue seeing this and i really do hope that we get a rematch of this and i know that obviously we can't keep seeing the same thing over and over again but if we were i would totally be okay with that i thought this was a great match it was exactly what we needed and i agree with you darby allen was literally one of my favorite people uh, as tnt champion but uh samoa joe they got obviously a whole lot with Samoa Joe and I think that they can continue it um Juan Ortiz sends in a super chat saying I feel like Carmelo White might win the NXT title at stand and deliver which makes sense to be honest hey man I think so too uh I think he's uh 
heading towards that for sure. Mr. CJ Lilly sends in a super chat saying, I'd say the lack of characters like Bray, Alexa, Isla, and even MJF is why wrestling is dying in the ratings. The bangers don't excite people as much. See, here's the thing though. I can't, I, I would, I disagree with that because I feel like I get it. There are certain characters that attract a lot of casual audiences and whatnot. You know, you, a kid's going to be attracted probably more to like a Bray Wyatt or something, right? But I do feel like for the most part, people, as long as they're watching good wrestling, even if they're casual fans, I think that they're going to react in a positive way. Obviously. Uh, I disagree with this in every thing way. And I say <laughs> this because... Because... Uh, Specifically, the the banger stuff, you know, that's neither here nor there. But the idea that supernatural characters are the draw of professional wrestling. One of the biggest reasons, this is, I'm going to throw out some Eric Bischoff wisdom. Eric Bischoff once said that um, his biggest strategy in uh, differentiating Monday Nitro from Monday Night Raw was simply to make people look at Monday Night Raw and go, this looks fake. And that's all you had to do. And the way he made it look fake, I'm not talking about the wrestling itself, was to say, look at all these hokey characters over here. Look over here, we have real people. And it worked. And it wasn't until Vince had to take a step back and go, okay, I have to now drop the hokiness and like focus on the Attitude Era and focus on um, personalities and real people was when Vince started to draw people back. And the idea that Steve Austin, one of the biggest draws of all time, was the everyman. That's what draws in professional wrestling. That's what works. That we've seen formulaically is that's what works. We saw that um, literally what made Kevin Nash a bigger draw than Diesel was simply to make them people go, well, Diesel was fake. Kevin Nash is real. Therefore, we like Kevin Nash. That's sometimes all it takes is to make people look at something as fake and there's nothing faker than supernatural and pro wrestling and if you watch like obviously like side by side too and you see the difference in like characters it is really kind of you're seeing like more of the cartoonish like you said hokey characters on that end and it was funny too because like you hear this a lot like i have friends that like grew up and they were like oh i you know i watched wcw but i didn't watch wwe you know why because they saw wcw as the more legitimate real thing and that's something that I've heard from a lot of people so yeah that's definitely something that you know I know that people do like these characters but I feel like it's not make it or break it if you don't have them per se I'd say this look you are um welcome to like anything you want I absolutely believe that please like anything you want but I think the idea of trying to tell people that one is better than the other. And in this case, you, you framed it as uh, the lack of these types of characters is why wrestling is dying. Um, and that, again, I, that's not true. There's, uh, it's, it's way more statistically nuanced than all of that, including the stat that wrestling's not really dying because relative to uh, cable TV's entire landscape, wrestling's actually still doing pretty good. Um, but anyway, that's neither here nor there.
All righty, guys. I love it. Send your hot takes in here and we'll keep them going. All right. So now it's my turn for my best of the week. And I wanted to include something from Raw because it's been a very long time since I've included something from Raw on this show. I don't remember the last time I've included something. So I finally felt that there was something on the show that I wanted to come out here and talk about. And I feel that it obviously there was a lot that happened, but it is definitely um, the women's match or it was it was kind of like this entire portion of Bailey, Rhea, and Asuka. It was the match itself. It was the confrontation between Bailey and uh, Becky. But more importantly, this moment between Rhea Ripley and Becky Lynch. I mean, look at this photo. Um, you can really see like just how like heated this was and how big time this felt. This felt freaking cool, Will. Like as I was watching this, I'm like right there. WrestleMania, I'm seeing it right now. It was two stars, you know, just kind of doing so much. We have not, we're doing very little. It was just a stare down. But on top of that, I loved the match. I thought the match was really good between uh, Bailey, Rhea, and Asuka. I thought they had a really good banger. Uh, I liked that Bailey got the win. But more importantly, I just loved how fast paced they kept all of this. Everything was hard hitting. It was everything that I wanted in terms of the both triple threat uh, matches that we saw for the women. Uh, this wasn't the main event, but I did think that this one outperformed and was definitely the best of the show. And to me, this definitely had to go on my top three for the week. Oh, yeah. I, I like this match. I, I don't think, uh, as a matter of fact, you know, I, I worry because, of course, all the rumors are that um, they finally want to do so or, um, uh, Becky Lynch versus Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania. And I'm like, oh, but the heat, it's not there for that. But no, I was really uh, interested in that. Like, I, I mean, know. I'm sure there's people, don't get me wrong. I don't want to speak for everybody, but I, I just don't feel like I'm not personally. If you were to say, Denise, what are you more excited for? Ronda and Becky or Becky and Rhea? I'm like, bro, it's definitely Rhea and Becky. I know. Because, I feel like know. the the time to do uh, Ronda and Becky was 2019 and they didn't do it. And then they had an opportunity in 2022 to do it, and they didn't do it. And I think those were, I feel like the ship has sailed, but I know that uh, that is the talk of the match they want to do at WrestleMania this year. And I, I imagine that they're going to follow up on Rhea versus um, Beth Phoenix at WrestleMania this year, um, which is a big match for her too. But still, I felt that in this moment. And I thought this was a really good uh, triple threat match. I liked it a lot. A lot more than the main event, actually. Um, yeah, I, it was it was a lot better, I think. Yeah. yeah, unfortunately, the main event had a couple of like just missteps. But for the most part, I thought this match was definitely something to actually even go out of your way and watch. And I don't always say that I'm like, oh, you can catch the highlights, you'll be fine. Right. But when there's a good match, I like to make sure that people know, hey, go out of your way to watch this. This was actually pretty good. And I feel like just uh, Rhea Ripley has been really just Dude, she's becoming a star and you're seeing it every week, you know, get closer and closer to that level. Uh, so this was all really good stuff overall. We got a super chat here from uh, Van Twinblade says, Will, your cousin is misbehaving. Tell his mama. What did Swerve do now? I didn't get uh, to watch Final Battle, unfortunately. I mean, I, so I don't know I'm if this is on the news. Is, are, are you talking about Twitter activity or is this, oh. Uh, oh, there's uh, <laughs> I, I don't know because I mean, last night, you know, he walked out on, on Keith Lee. Um, uh, is that what we're talking about here? Because if so, um, no, something's going that, on with your audio. Is it? Is it in my robo? Oh, is no, you're this... back now. You're back now. You were like, so something completely like, <laughs> yeah, yep, yep. Uh, I was that's like, what what? I thought. and they're you all like, saying it. You were all like, did he do something on Twitter? Or was it? Was it? <laughs> <laughs> I was you. listening. 
listening to it and I was I was gonna stop you sooner but I was kind of enjoying it so I kind of let you go for a bit <laughs> sorry the, the chat knows about Robo well I mean look he uh at final battle he walked out on Keith Lee um nearly cost him the match Keith Lee still won on his own uh it was a cool victory Am I still Robo or, or are we good? No, you're fine. No, you've, okay, you've been okay. regular voice. Okay, cool. Uh, either way, he walked out on Keith. And now the question is, what, what's what's the deal? Uh, he wouldn't fist bump Keith during their entrance. I don't know. Um, I kind of know, but I don't know what's... Uh... Oh, well, you know. <laughs> no, I, I actually don't. I, oh, have okay. set, I have said as far as... Uh, where this storyline is concerned, all I know is that there's long-term planning, but I've straight up told him, don't tell me anything. Um, I have some guesses, but uh, I don't know anything as far as the, all that's concerned. Yeah. I'm excited for it, though. Do you like to know this stuff, or do you rather just be surprised? I didn't know they were winning the tag titles, and I made I made the change to his theme music that night, the the Who's House edition. I made that that night, um, not knowing that... There was going to be a one, two, three, whose house? Didn't know that was coming at all. I was genuinely shocked, genuinely surprised. Um, NXT, I didn't know anything that was going on. I watched him win the North American title with complete surprise in my eyes. I watched him lose the North American title with surprise. Uh, I don't like to know. This okay. is. I'm curious. At that end, by the way, our father is the relation between his father, sorry, is the relation between us. Our dads are brothers. Um, not his mama, but I suppose I still could. I could say, you can still tell his mama. <laughs> I could still could, but the relation is is through. You should tell his mama he was kidnapping people just like well, a couple weeks ago. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, Mr. CJ Lilly uh, sends in a super chat following up on the uh, subject that we were talking about. He says, uh, Undertaker, Kane, Hogan, Triple H, The Rock, Austin are all characters and story driven. And I guess Austin and Booker in the supermarket is realistic. I take Undertaker over Ali. Well, I feel like that's too, I feel like that's an unfair comparison. I feel like I never, I never said anything about that's story driven. I never okay. said, I never say anything about character or anything about story driven. I have never said anything against character and story driven. Are you kidding me? Anytime the bloodline does anything on television, I'm all about character. There's and a story. difference between supernatural and just character in general. I think you can't put them all in the same box because yeah. there's different types of characters. Nobody's You're not just going to go that. out there and be like, hi, I'm Will Washington. <laughs> watch me wrestle <laughs> right like that's I, i'm not arguing against any of that uh so i don't know i think we're getting uh, into an argument that nobody's making so yeah, the, the, yeah it just yeah. seems a little like uh you, you just can't compare the two it's t it's just yeah. completely different yeah all right um we got juan ortiz who sends in a super chat saying uh do you think sasha comes back and wins the rumble and chooses ronda since it seems like ronda doesn't have anyone to face after the rumble well we'll know for sure about the rumble um come like the what's what day is the the aw show in uh la january 11th i think or january something 11th yeah okay we'll know within if she's okay let me ask you a question will if sasha is not at the la show if she's not the partner of soraya um do you think there's a higher chance what would the percentage be of her showing up at the <laughs> i mean obviously like the, the percentages go like that because um the, at that point i mean a lot changes going into that because i would say if we don't know at the end of january 4th's dynamite who the partner is 
then my percentage goes to like 99% Sir <laughs> Sasha at that point. Because uh, I think it'd be a huge mistake to go into that mystery knowing what everybody's already talking about. I said that about Survivor Series, that you don't, uh, and I'm glad they, they knew that too, that if you set people up with the mystery and don't deliver on what people think it is, it's going to be a problem. I think Tony knows that too. So it, it really oh, all depends. He definitely knows that. Yeah, he definitely knows that. He knows. And I think he's learned his lesson too with like previous ones. Like remember like the whole drama with Christian Cage where everybody, some people were mm -hmm. disappointed, some people weren't. And there's been, has, there's been maybe a couple that I'm not thinking about, but I'm sure, you know, people know, people are not dumb. You know, like if you, it's not Sasha Banks and let's say it's, I don't know, somebody else, you best tell us, you know, ahead of time before. If we go into LA the day of and we still don't know who it is, everyone's going to be disappointed if it's not Sasha Banks. Yes. And here's the thing too, like now that I think about it at the last LA show, we obviously got that big iconic uh, MJF promo where he walked off and said everything that he said. Uh, how do you follow that up? Can you imagine if we got Sasha Banks coming, coming into AEW at that show? Think about it. Yeah. You're going to be there, aren't you? Hell yeah. I'm going to be there. <laughs> 20 minutes from my house. <laughs> I'll definitely hey, be there. Hey, you'll be there for a moment. That's really cool. All right. Um, okay, let's go ahead and get into uh, second best. Uh, here we go. Well, second best of the week. All right. It's a week of redemption, folks, because you may recall last week on the show, uh, Denise completely buried Rampage uh, as her oh, worst man. of the week. Well, good news. Rampage picked itself back up this week because this is Rampage, baby. Uh, and opened straight away Kanosuke Takeshita versus John Moxley in a straight up kick ass match. Kanosuke Takeshita is uh, really showing up and showing out as of late. Uh, and I am a believer, and you'll find this out shortly in case you haven't already figured out what my number one is this week that blood in professional wrestling fucking rules. And uh, now, granted, I don't need people bleeding every match. And John Moxley seems to have kind of pulled back on that a little bit because he was bleeding a lot as of late. But man, there's no better visual for making something look violent than blood. And uh, John Moxley and Takeshita just had a kick-ass match. Uh, and I thought they had a fantastic showing here. I thought they... Um, uh, just the way they were going at each other, the way that uh, Takeshita does things that it looks like his human body shouldn't be able to pull off, that he's almost too big to do. And then he goes ahead and does it, and he's just excellent at it. Uh, and at the same time, John Moxley, he just works the violent match well. I was into this. I was... Uh, it had me at every single angle, and I'm intrigued by why Don Callis is in the crowd during these Takeshita matches uh, scouting him. Why is he scouting Kanosuke Takeshita? Is he possibly trying to recruit him for the elite? I don't know, but I'm intrigued. This was very cool. It was very reminiscent of John Moxley versus um, Wheeler Yuta earlier this year, which was also a bloody affair, but it's all Yuta get bloodied, and I can't help but wonder if we might also have some BCC stories being told here. Look, John Moxley, I said this the, uh, earlier this week, but the story of his 2022 seems to be that, man, when it seems like he's supposed to have some time off, not only does he step up for AEW, but he shows out. And this week, 
the man was sick. He literally did this with the flu and <laughs> went out there and killed it the way he did. Uh, he Renee stayed home. Renee was not at Dynamite this week. John Moxley was at Dynamite this week, just having a kick-ass match with Takeshita. Um, this just seems to be the story of his year. The man was supposed to have six weeks off and instead was AEW world champion going into full gear. He's never this, getting that vacation. He's never getting that vacation. He couldn't even have a sick day this week. Uh, but I appreciate that when Moxley does it, uh, he gets to just kick ass. This is funny. I have to read this. This is from Mr. Gonzalo, uh, Gonzale, who says, uh, Mox beat the flu, not the flute beat Moxley. <laughs> yeah, he did. That's how Moxley does. Great Alrighty. stuff. Um, on to my best, uh, excuse me, my second best of the week. And I'm going to give this one particularly because I thought it was really good. And also, I was in the crowd for it. So I got to see everybody's reaction. And I legitimately, even though this is my prediction for a win, I was not expecting to see the New Day become NXT Tag Team Champions at Deadline. Dude, let me tell you, the New Day freaking killed it in this match, along with Pretty Deadly. Um, they had the freaking crowd going nuts, dude. There was this little kid who sat next to me who was going like balls out freaking crazy. Like, what was I the atmosphere not... like in the in the PC there, by the way? You know, so it was interesting because I noticed that the audience is very passionate about the edicts they're definitely very passionate like you can tell right away like they were coming up with some new chants that i had never heard before that were you know i didn't hear on the weekly television so i did notice that they would go crazy for like a lot of the good stuff like they were very very on it okay and that was pretty interesting to see they do have somebody that obviously kind of gets them to like you know just a little bit of a reminder to you know, like an audience coordinator right kind of it's uh -huh. not too it's not like when you go tape a show and they're like, come on, you got to do this. No, but you do see someone kind of on the corner going like, okay, like, you know, make sure you guys go up just a little bit more. I did notice it a couple of times, but for this match, obviously you didn't have to do any of that. Um, this one was crazy. There was the spot where they did the belt part where they were all tossing the belt to each other to try to make it look like the other person hit them with the belt. And by the time the referee turns around, they're all down on the ground. Uh, so this had like the action, the comedy, a little bit of everything. And given that pretty deadly, you know, when they came into NXT, they quickly became champions because, you know, obviously uh, everything that had gone down with uh, MSK, you know, they had to put the belts on somebody else. Right. And it ended up being pretty deadly, but pretty deadly didn't feel like the team that was like, oh, they're just they're just tag team champions because they have no one else. Right. No, they actually went out there. They brought something different. They have like the like the flair that obviously with their clothes and everything, then they're so like yes boy and all of the things that they say it's pretty hilarious but the in-ring stuff has been great and it's just a matter of putting them in there with teams that are obviously more established so when they announced that this match was happening with the new day i knew that this was going to be a good match because pretty deadly is a pretty solid tag team so getting to see both of them together in this one and the way that the crowd was reacting and this was the one this was the match that i think for me i felt like i was reacting the most to and there was a lot that I enjoyed on the show, but this was the one that felt really special. And when the New Day won, I legitimately thought, like, there was a moment where they kind of teased uh, uh, that the, that Pretty Deadly was going to get the victory by cheating. And I thought, oh, my God, this is it. This is how they're going to do it. So we're it's going to be Pretty Deadly, right? But when that didn't happen, that's when I knew that NXT, I mean, that uh, the New Day was definitely going to get the win on this one. So I thought this was pretty good. So this one's going to go in my second best of the week. 
actually saw this in full and I agree with you. This was very, very good. Uh, and, you know, I wasn't sure how to feel about New Day being in NXT at all. I actually um, wasn't all that happy with that. And because uh, I've said this before, and it, the New Day is my favorite act of all time. I think they're the greatest act in the history of professional wrestling. Argue with your mama. But I think that <laughs> uh, as far as them being in NXT, I was just like, is that where we're at with the New Day now? Like, are they... Because just the idea of that makes them feel washed, and I don't want them to be washed. Like, it's the New Day. Um, I still haven't gotten my Kofi redemption for the way October 4th, 2019 went down, and I feel like Co uh, Xavier Woods' uh, King of the Ring win was a complete bust, and uh, I'm just not ready for them to feel washed. And so, like, I thought it, it felt lose-lose to me. I'm like, if they lose to Pretty Deadly, they're going to feel like losers. And if they win, then I'm going to be like, ah, but it's the NXT titles. But didn't even anticipate that they'd go out there and have a great match, a great funny match. Uh, they they delivered on the humor across the board. Yeah, I thought the entire uh, cheating spot behind the ref's back and everybody tossing uh, the belt back and forth was very, very good. Uh crowd and then it felt like after that there was a mixture of chants of nxt and eddie um but they kind of sound very similar so yeah it's like okay i kind of hear eddie in there but i also hear nxt it was great stuff and by the end of it um i was all smiles i thought you know what i could do this i could do it in new day being tag team champions uh in nxt so this was very cool and i'm glad it made your list I also think it was just one of those things where it's like, well, now we get to say that they officially, you know, held the titles. And that was like the one of the things that was obviously, you know, part of it. So it's like, okay, cool. Like they get to add another accolade in their list of accomplishments and all of that. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, alrighty. So let's do this. Let's get into our worst of the week now, right? Yeah. Sorry, I'm have I haven't slept well. I don't even know what's going on right now. And I'm gonna let you go first because I don't really have like a worst of the week. So I'm just gonna pick the lamest of the week. All right. I already have my lamest of the week. Go ahead, because mine is uh, a little bit uh on the lame side as well. Because mine's on the I've... lame side and it's super last minute because I forgot to pick I was just so excited about all the things that I enjoyed. So for lamest, I'm gonna Denise's lamest of the week. Sorry. Oh, I was gonna say I can still pick. Yeah, I was gonna give oh. you time. I haven't even picked mine yet. So oh, I, I thought go, you but... told me you told me, oh, you can go. And I was like, Well, okay, I was saying fine. you could go with your thing, but you could I, oh, I, I have my worst. Okay. I thought you wanted to save yours because yours was like worse, so it felt no, more important. No, my mind's okay. not look, I, as a matter of fact, what I was gonna say with my worst is that uh, as you can hear with my best, uh, I picked a lot of AEW stuff. And I knew that if I picked anything WWE for worst, then I was going to get uh, a whole bunch of shit. So I wanted to be fair here. And hey, you got to be you, Will. Whatever. I know you. I know. I have to be me. But uh, this is also true to me. Um, so just recognize that I, I'm being fair here. Um, and that uh, I'm very focused on AEW for my best and also for my worst. Um, I did not in any way, shape, or form like the William Regal explanation for his departure. I actually <gasps> you thought- You didn't get emo? You didn't feel sad? You didn't I feel thought, a little crushed? I thought this was stupid and convoluted. I thought- and William, you know made who, of stone. You're and, made of stone. You're an evil human being that's made of stone. <laughs> you know who else seemed to think this was stupid? John Moxley. 
because <laughs> after it was all over so regal of course appears on the screen tony shivani is like well i taped this video two weeks ago in the event that something might have happened to william regal last week and so let's run this video and regal's entire explanation for just giving mjf the championship and uh turning his back on john moxley was to teach bcc a valuable lesson which you know what like maybe don't give mjf the richest prize in the business to teach somebody a lesson i don't know but either way i thought this was dumb and convoluted um i thought it was almost like i thought regal's um delivery was good and i thought that the overall it's like okay we need some kind of explanation for why the bcc is still together but regal's not here anymore but man Nothing made me feel more justified in not liking this than when they cut back and John Moxley grabs the mic and is like, I don't care about any of that. Let's talk about Rampage this week. And I'm like, okay. okay. So what would you have done in this situation? Because you you want to end things. Would you have just left it the way that it was with William Regal getting carried out in the ambulance and then we that's it, we just never hear about him ever again? Or what would you I, have done? I would have rather... I would have rather it been that Regal made a mistake trusting MJF than Regal being one step ahead of MJF and knowing that MJF was going to punch me in the freaking head and have me carted off in a, on a, in an ambulance and all of okay, that. Okay. That's fair. That's yeah. Fair. I would have rather it been Regal making a mistake. And I don't feel like, like, I feel like this tried to tell the story that actually he was one step ahead of everybody and he knew somehow that he was going to get clocked. See, I don't think that, okay. I don't think him being one step ahead of, okay. So Clearly, he was saying, okay, I don't think he knew that he was going to essentially get betrayed by MJF. I think he was just basically saying, I sided with MJF to teach you guys a lesson, but I don't think this necessarily means that he was expecting MJF well, to turn on but him. He said that, but he even said that, you know, I... Um... You know, I put the belt on MJF because I wanted to put a target on MJF. And it's like, oh, that's so stupid. Uh, because, like, at the I end of the that's day. stupid. I could see that being, like, a plausible explanation. I mean, granted, there's a whole lot in there and it's a mouthful. But I'm going to tell you the truth, Will. During this, I felt, like, kind of sad about it. Like, I thought it made me feel a little bit like, oh, damn. Like, I wasn't really sad about William Regal leaving AEW. I'm like, okay, cool, whatever. No big deal. Um, Fine, cool. But during this they managed to kind of make me feel a little bit of emotion going oh man like this was sweet like this was the last thing that he did and he's saying farewell to his guys to his mates to his friends whatever i am glad he got the goodbye and that's the one thing i'll say is that uh i i was glad that they at least tied up that end but i feel like it didn't really make a whole lot of sense um it still puts egg on john moxley's face like he i can't expect him to be like Okay, well, you still had me punched in the freaking head with brass knuckles, and I lost the championship that I had been fighting for. And <laughs> like, okay, so much still doesn't make any sense here. Okay, look, it what there's obviously there's a lot in here, and you can find holes in it. But I feel, given what they had, given the time that they had to work with this, and given just everything that was outside of all of this, and even just hearing Tony Khan's explanation on that media call, I feel like this was the best they can do for what it was. Somewhat, because there's a piece of me that goes back to the media call and hearing Tony say that Regal asked for his release in September, and I thought, so you have had a really long, this isn't just like 
spring upon you. You've had months to come up with like something a little better than this. And that's my only thing is that um, I, it just all because like I feel like the ending to Full Gear was a giant waste of time other than the fact that MJF is champion. Okay, I like MJF is champion. Happen? What if we just saw William Regal get carried off in the ambulance, whatever, and then one day, this is so lame. This is even lamer. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. I don't want to pitch no, my yeah, lame ass idea. I have to hear it one now. Day, one day they get a letter in the mail. They open it up and it's just, I fucked up. Because you know <laughs> William Regal would never talk like that. <laughs> he would never use No, that's like, actually pretty good. <laughs> you open that's... the letter and it's just, I fucked up. Yeah, I actually like that. Um, WR. Yeah, I mean, I would have appreciated the story more so being that Regal <laughs> made that him. Made, with that, at least it wouldn't have been convoluted. It would have just been like, you know what? He fucked up. He made a bad decision and he acknowledges it now. Yeah, I would have rather that than than this. So this was the thing I enjoyed. Booking idea for how yeah. to close this all out. <laughs> This and was I the would, thing. I would feel bad for William Regal. Like, oh man, you know what? He made a mistake. He's human. <laughs> sure. Right. Yeah, or as uh, Redmond said, I bloody bollocks it up. <laughs> that I will take. There as well. you go. That's yes. more William Regal's verbiage for sure. Uh, Mr. CJ Lilly sends in a super chat saying, Hey guys, I'd like to say I enjoy the bangers as well, but I wouldn't go back and rewatch them over a brace segment. A good mix is good. And also, Alexa hits Sister Abigail to beat Bailey this Monday. See, that's the thing. Like, for me, I go back and watch matches that like I really enjoyed. And I also go back and watch promos that I really enjoyed. So I go back and watch anything that I enjoyed. Yeah, that's pretty much it. If I enjoyed it, because... Like, bro, uh, don't even get I, me started. The second... Okay, this is what... Don't do this, because you'll spend... Well, or do this. Go... Okay, does this happen to you, Will? Anytime I Google, for example, The Rock, I will go down this goddamn rabbit hole of just YouTube videos of just all of these greatest moments that will then lead me into this person's greatest moments that will then lead me into this person's funniest moments. And it's mm -hmm. just like a rabbit hole of moments. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to go back and obviously go back and rewatch matches. You know, it's a bit. Yeah, I, I rewatch matches all the time. I yeah. have comfort watches. I say all the time that I've seen the tag match from Revolution 2020, which is a lot of people's match of the year that year. I've seen that a million times. I literally just throw it on just when I'm like, Okay, I'm cleaning the house. Let's throw this match on. Um, and that's the thing I do. I, literally, I've got to do laundry here. I've got like seven baskets of laundry that I've got to fold um, right after the show is over. Probably going to throw on some wrestling matches that I love and enjoy. Um, again, it's all subjective. Pro wrestling is a subjective. We all get different things out of it. Um, you go back and watch Bray Wyatt segments. Um, that's, that's cool. I haven't seen a Bray Wyatt segment since it aired. Um, and so that's, <laughs> that's, it's, it's to each their own. Enjoy, enjoy professional wrestling. Thank you so much to Mr. CJ Lilly for sending that in here today. Alrighty. Um, before we get to, uh, my worst of the week, I want to get to some good stuff here because smack talk showdown. Uh, we are getting right into the holidays. The holidays are only a couple of weeks away. We are getting closer and closer, which means you need to get your shopping, your Christmas shopping in, uh, whether it's on your wish list or a friend's wish list, make sure to add smack talk showdown this is the wrestling card game that you can use to cut promos with your friends it is so much fun you're literally going out there and pretending to be wrestlers you're given prompts you're given silly tasks to do in this game it's a whole lot of fun and i promise you like you don't even have to be a wrestling fan to actually enjoy this game uh if you're the only wrestling fan in your group of friends trust me your friends will still enjoy playing this game you get to talk smack to each other who doesn't enjoy that um head on over to smacktalkshowdown.com and 
purchase the game on top of that because you guys are listeners of After the Week podcast. You do get $5 off your entire order with the promo code Denise. Everybody loves discounts. I know I do. $5 off your entire order with the promo code Denise at smacktalkshowdown.com. Thank you so much to our sponsors. All righty. And here we go. Uh, It is now time for uh, my worst of the week. Wait, why are you nodding? I'm ready for it. I want to know what you're Oh, worst well, is. my worst of the week's kind of lame because, you know, I didn't really have time to think. Um, okay, so I'm just going to go to old reliable Dominic versus the <laughs> See, I figured I, I was thinking, like, okay, what is she going to go with? My thought was, oh, she's going to go with all those backstage segments with. With uh, um, what else is there? I'm probably not remembering anything right now. I'm running on like 30 minutes. I figured you would have gone with like the JBL stuff, but uh, no, I actually liked the JB- JBL's uh, poker invitational this week. I thought it was really, f- I even liked the <laughs> segment with the Miz. I know with the fake Rolex <laughs> and him being broke. I laughed, I enjoyed that. Um, so this isn't this wasn't worse. I would just consider it lame, just none unknowable. Good old reliable. <laughs> Okay, I assure you not. I went to bed yesterday at two o'clock. By four thirty, I was in the airport, you know, getting ready to leave. Um, and so I just haven't had time. I didn't sleep on the plane. It was a whole thing, and yeah, my brain's it's, just not all there okay. right now. <laughs> all right, so I'm sorry that my worst this week is not as passionate as others. All right, where are we at now? Well, I don't even know what's happening. Well, on number the show one. Anymore. No, okay, thank you. Number one. And I was going to ask you to host today's show because I knew that I wasn't like mentally there. <laughs> yeah, I, I was. I was actually prepared to do all of that. I was oh like, I was, gonna, I was I like, was I could ask you. But then I thought Will's going to be like, you know what? Denise is so inconsiderate of me. She's just going to ask me to do her job when she's out there having fun. <laughs> Wouldn't have done so at all. As a matter of fact, I was like, you know what? I'm going to interview Denise about her time and experience at NXT and I, was, and I just didn't want to make you feel like you had to do my job for me because I was you know Denise, not doing the work we are partners here if you need anything just ask you know that <laughs> I was trying to make your life easier okay uh let's get into this it is time for the best of the week so let's get into it Will what is your best thing that you saw in pro wrestling this week it's one of the best things I've seen all year uh so earlier this year, I was at the Curtis Caldwell Center in Garland, Texas, and I saw and had one of the greatest times I've ever had at a wrestling match watching FTR go up against the Briscoes. When that match was over, I said, I don't know if I'm going to have a better wrestling experience than that. Later that year, I saw these teams face each other again, two out of three falls. To kind of make this a once and for all thing, they faced each other a death before dishonor. I said, this was really good, really great professional wrestling. I don't know if I liked it as much as the last one, but this one was great. But you know what? You put a nice bow on this feud, good to go. When they said on Wednesday that these guys were facing each other again in a double dog collar match, I'm not gonna lie. I was actually like, really? You guys don't have any new ideas? This is it? This is what you guys came up with? Man, I'm glad I was wrong because I think this to me might be better than the first match. This was violent, raw, professional wrestling. The Briscoes versus FTR for 
the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championships. This was just a brutal, brutal match between two teams that came off like guys who were trying to defeat each other. And um, even when it wasn't clean, it didn't matter because that's not what these guys were going for. They were going for brutal and violent. Um, and the dog collar, of course, added so much here. Um, and uh, this was just a bloody mess. We had a bloody referee. Um, our referee gigged here, by the way. He got bloody. Like, this was just a complete bloody mess of an affair. And uh, everything about it just made me feel like I was watching a, a car crash that was entertainingly produced. <laughs> um, and uh, just, it was, uh, it's hard to describe, but the drama was there. Uh, the crowd was into this at all turns. Um, half the crowd, very much like in Garland, half the crowd was shouting dim boys, half the crowd was chanting for uh, top guys, and they just, y y when you have two really popular acts, there's really nothing like that in terms of how they come at each other. And uh, FTR just had a really great week because honestly, had this match not taken place, I would have put the match with the acclaimed on here. Um, but this took place and also there's a story now being told because ftr lost to the acclaimed after a banger match and then they turn around here they lost the tag titles cleanly to the briscoes and i say cleanly in a match where there was chairs and other weaponry involved and guys got bloody but at the end of the day there was no interference the briscoes soundly submitted dax harwood and they lost the Ring of Honor tag team titles. Uh, this put a bow on this feud, and I'm glad that the Briscoes walked away with the victory. Uh, they just all got to show out here and remind us that if you had any debate about, as performers, who the tag team of the year is, it is absolutely FTR, and they showed it this year. They showed it in this match. They showed it this week. They had no reason to go out there, main event dynamite, kill it, and then turn around and get into um, Arlington, Texas, and do it again for this crowd. But it was that good. Loved it. That is awesome. And I haven't gone into seeing Final Battle just yet, but uh, definitely going to make sure to watch that match, especially after this beautiful explanation, Will. How can I not? I need to go see this, uh, you know, everything that you just said. Um, obviously, I got to watch the first two matches, clearly. Uh, so I feel like, based on what I've already seen and know what they can do, then you know what? I'm expecting a banger for this match as well. And I did feel like you did too, where it was like, ooh, you know, this is definitely something that we've already seen. Obviously not with this stipulation, uh, but you know, pretty much along the same idea, right? Um, so I'm excited and I've heard nothing but great things about this match so far based on what I've been able to see from the Twitter conversations. Uh, we have a very generous super chat from our good friend here, Sam Fine. Sam, thank you so much for sending this in and for supporting this podcast. It is much appreciated. Lucky uh, number seven. Yeah, 777. Do you believe in angel numbers, by the way? I don't know how many people here know about angel numbers. A friend told me about this. So everybody here who just saw 777, Google angel number 777. So basically, whenever you see, I think they said three or four numbers that are the, exactly the same, you Google the meaning because that's like the universe telling you like a message, right? Like a message. 
And so every time I see like the same numbers together, I always Google it. And then it gives me like a message. I don't care. I like to believe in it. It's fun. So I'm going to Google this later on. Thank you, Sam Fines. Uh, <laughs> All right. <laughs> and hey, hold on. So the few people in the chat have said, talked about how Will loves blading. Will loves blading. Yes, absolutely. Um, I will tell you this. I have heard from fans about blood being unsafe, things along those lines. But I hear the opposite from professional wrestlers. For what I hear from wrestlers is that if you gave me the option of bleeding or taking a ridiculous bump, but both of which are designed to get the crowd to go, oh, I will take the blood every time because I know at the very least I'm cut, right? But at least I know I'm like gonna be able to walk tomorrow. And like between the two things right now of getting that crowd reaction and getting that emotion out of the crowd, blood's one of the best storytelling tools that exists. And you know who knew that? You know who knows that? Vince McMahon. Because Vince McMahon's most, when you think about Vince's most um, visual moments of his on-screen character, it was when he got bloodied. Think about bloody Vince on the ground as Stephanie McMahon turned her back on him to join with uh, Triple H. Think about WrestleMania 19, bloody Vince creeping his head up over the apron um, and that visual of him with that evil bloody smirk. Think about bloody Vince McMahon in a match with Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania 22. Think about Kevin Owens in 2017, headbutting Vince and he bleeds. Vince knew that blood was his best storytelling tool. I love blood, blood man. Are you kidding it's me? Great. I'm always for it. I know some people don't like it, but I, I, there, I think there are certain matches where you definitely need it. And that was one of the, I don't know. Did I mention this on our Survivor Series War Games post show? You did. Mm -hmm. I did mention this that you need the blood for War Games. I'm sorry, you need it. Uh, what can I say? I can't take that back. Uh, I still stand by that statement. Uh, Snap, gra Snap Grapple Pop sends in a super chat saying, talking a sec, uh, taking a sec to appreciate that FTR may have been in all of the top five matches this year. Bucks, Briscoes, Aussie Open, insane. P.S. Love the show. Thank you so much for the compliment. And yeah, I think that is something to note when you're making your argument about them being the best tag team of the year. Mm -hmm. I think so. I Like, I get why PWI's top tag team is the Usos. Don't get me wrong. I, I feel like the Usos are a part of the bloodline. The bloodline is the top act in all of professional wrestling. They hold tag team titles. Uh, I feel like if you're basing it on the accolades of the year, it's easily um, the Usos. However, if you're basing it on performances, nobody's outperformed FTR this year on tag team wrestling. Nobody. Thank you so much, Snap Grapple Pop, for sending in this super chat. And already now it's time for my best of the week. And I'm so glad that I get to talk about this again because I got to talk about it on Wednesday. And I'm going to give some quick bullet points on it today because it was my best of the week because we saw a star being born here today. Well, not today. On Wednesday night on Dynamite, Ricky Starks and MJF's confrontation. I freaking love this okay this was so good we have mjf who will constantly we're always talking about how he's best on the mic best on the mic you know this and that you know every single thing that he comes out and he does is on par right it's always good stuff and ricky starks i remember 
when this whole tournament started, I remember saying like, you know, Ricky Starks is the person I'm going with. I really want to see him win. Uh, I know that if he gets an opportunity to do a promo, you know, a promo exchange with MJF, I just know he's going to kill it. And that was the thing that I kept saying, this promo is going to be great. And when this moment finally started to build up, I was like, this is it right here, right now. We're finally going to be able to see what Ricky Starks can do. Like this is his real opportunity. And he not only in minutes, Will, in minutes, he outmiked MJF. And this was also awesome for MJF. It's going to benefit him a whole lot to have his first comp- uh, challenger being somebody like Ricky Starks. But on top of that, he made himself into a star here. He brought so much interest to this storyline that it was kind of crazy to see, you know, everything that he came up with. And I think later on in an interview or something, he said that that was just him being him and doing things, you know, off the cuff. And I'm just like, bro, you had all that in you. And obviously we had seen shades of it before, but this time it was fully out there he also got the whole maxi pad thing over i mean that's gonna be something that sticks i think with his line even on- afterwards we're gonna be hearing it there were so many lines in him him burying his line clothes. on twitter by the way on maxi pad really good i don't know if you saw his exchange no, where, which one was uh, it <laughs> where mj where people were calling mjf maxi pad um and mjf said uh, this maxi pad thing's not gonna stick, and Ricky Starks replied under it saying, "I don't know. It looks like it's got wings." And <laughs> I thought that was really good. Okay, I need to know. Ricky Starks has way too much information on pads. <laughs> it ended up being like a whole ass topic, but um, yeah. All right. Sorry. I'm just dying right now. That's a really good one. Okay. I'm gonna have to go and find that and retweet because I didn't see it. Um, But it goes to like just the the maxi pad thing, him burying the clothes, the moment where he said he was going to smack his mole off his neck. Um, There was just so many different things that he said here that were so funny. They felt effortless. They were uh, the way that he delivered them. He was in its face, man, like super high intense. And there's situations like that. Like if I were to, Will, if you and I right now were to do a promo exchange and we got so heated, I can guarantee that we would be stumbling over our words. We wouldn't be getting the proper, uh, we wouldn't be saying the right things that we want to say, right? Because you're so caught up in the moment. You're just fired up and you're saying all sorts of shit. And then, um, but Ricky Starks did that, but everything came through crystal freaking clear where there were so many lines in this that could have people like laughing uh it was just good and even prior to this i also wanted to go back to mjf really quickly because he was you know insulting ricky starks calling him a pebble even said he was going to send him back to wrestle on the nwa on youtube which i loved this shot by the way i thought it was really hilarious <laughs> and in that moment i kind of was a little bit worried for ricky starks and i'm thinking okay like this is it right now he has to go and show that he can out Mike MJF, at least in this scenario. And he did that. He went out there and he just said so many different stuff here. Um, man, I and even afterwards, MJF just hit him and hitting him in the balls afterwards was one of those things where I'm like, where it, it was funny because it's so in line with MJF, where he didn't have a comeback. He didn't have anything else to say to Ricky Starks because Ricky Starks had clearly burned him. That his only response that he was able to do is hit him in the nuts. So to me, 
that was just good storytelling for who MJF is and what happens to MJF when somebody else gets the better of him. So I thought this was freaking phenomenal, man. I feel like if I'm Tony Khan and I'm seeing this, I'm thinking, all right, I know who's next up in line in terms of, you know, just overall rankings and pushing and who I'm, you know, going to be putting some extra, I don't know, some extra care for, right? Uh, and I do think that this this feud with I think this feud with MJF and Ricky Starks could probably even go above and beyond whatever the planned expiration date for this was. I think this is something that we can see becoming much more given just on the material that we got here. I'm so glad you put this on your list because I was concerned that I didn't have it on mine because this was easily one of my favorite things this week. I thought um, a star was born in this moment. Uh, the HEB Center has always been a good crowd for AEW, but it's particularly been a good crowd for Ricky Starks. This was the arena where Ricky Starks won the FTW title in the first place. This is, and they said at the time, you know, it's kind of a hometown crowd for Ricky Starks because he's made it home in Austin, Texas, uh, and they love him there. But more than that, um, you know, MJF's biggest feuds in AEW have been probably Cody Rhodes and CM Punk. And both of those feuds were MJF kind of challenging somebody who has been around the block, who's been um, a bigger star than him, and him taking them to uh, and kind of proving himself with them. But he's never really had a counterpart. And I feel like for the first time in AEW, he has a counterpart. And this is something that you can go with for years to come if you want to, if you have it like that. MJF versus Ricky Starks could be two counterpart wrestlers. Um, that I never even considered before this being uh, a, a big, large rivalry. When you talk about John Cena having Randy Orton as a counterpart, Triple H and The Rock, Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels, things like that. Granted, while you know they've got a long way to go to get to that level, I think MJF having Ricky Starks be his counterpart, I think would be one of the coolest things possible. And I'm glad this took place. Yeah, me too, man. I'm really excited about this. Like, I'm so excited about what they can possibly do here. It's just great stuff. Um, but that was our podcast. That was our show. Um, before we go, um, I do want to let you guys know that next week we will be back at our normal time, which is 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, we'll let you know if there's ever any sort of changes or anything like that. This was literally just because of my travel. We had to push the show two hours later. But uh, we will be back next week at our normal time slot. Also, before we do our plugs and everything like that, I do want to give a special shout out. Um, to um, Mauricio Pomares. Uh, Mauricio has been uh, literally, we didn't even ask him to, and I'm so thankful he's doing this. He's been putting all of our timestamps, Will, on YouTube. And I just, see that every week. Oh my God. I'm too lazy to do that. <laughs> and that's the only reason why I haven't done it. I'm too lazy. But Mauricio has done it and it has helped us out so much. I think that, you know, just having the timestamps there. Uh, so seriously, special shout out to Mauricio. He's been doing that for the last couple of weeks. And I seriously, we seriously appreciate that very very much also before we go um please uh if you haven't yet subscribed to this channel please subscribe um i've officially surpassed the eighty thousand subscribers point here on the channel and this podcast after the week it is growing guys we are getting consistent numbers people are coming back people are enjoying the show um and that makes me really really freaking stoked because i have you know i feel like my vision for the show is just growing will and i feel like you may be feeling the same thing so i'm very happy about that but um will where can the people find you william are we are on twitter i've got uh oh you're robo you're robo oh, oh come on um <laughs> well then i will do you want to do your plug like that sure 
Follow Will RBR, William RBR on Twitter. And, oh, you're uh, back. Okay, fine. Follow William RBR on Twitter. And I've got a lot coming up this week. I'm doing multiple interviews. Um, I think I've got one like every day this week coming up. So just a whole lot of content. Uh, definitely follow me. You'll see all of my content usually on Fightful. Um, and that's that's about it. All righty, get it, Will. Um, thank you guys so much. Subscribe to this channel. You guys know where to find me at underscore Denise Salcedo. Thank you guys so much for the love. Bye, everyone.